Nice. Once you download it and you have it on your device, you can play it on a plane, in a subway, uh, in a ditch someplace. It doesn't matter. <laughs> ditch. It doesn't. It doesn't. everybody welcome to uh rated na the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com this is episode number 301 and i am your host scott and i'm ash and uh what happened to matt he was a late scratch to this episode yeah so full disclosure we were going to record at like midnight east coast Eastern, time yep <laughs> and matt uh did not arrive so i think the snowstorm that's currently hitting the east coast probably swallowed him mm-hmm. so uh wishing matt the best love luck getting out of the snow <laughs> yeah this is now uh this is now like rate rated na coast to coast yeah it's crazy i mean um we knew it was going to be challenging once you move to the west coast but it's been like double challenging because we have kids now and we have very different schedules and it's uh it's challenging but we're still doing the episode so thanks to everyone for your patience and uh we're gonna keep we're gonna keep putting them out yeah i think i think it was mostly the children because uh you know we used to have hillary on the west coast and and even, uh, you know, Kate from time to time and that all worked out. And then the kids came and then it was like, well, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little challenging now, but that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah. you gotta, you gotta work around their, their sleepy time. Yeah. So we're just gonna, we're gonna dive in and just do a lot of reviews today. We're going to talk about, um, some games and, uh, what's the stuff that you have today? Uh, I have games too, but I also got stranded a few weeks back. So I played a lot of uh, mobile stuff because I didn't bring anything with me. So uh, I played some really great stuff that I'm excited to talk about on mobile. So I'm going to run down the list. We've got Rad Rogers, Hero Hunters, Darwin Project, Crown Takers, the latest DLC for Assassin's Creed Origins, and Sea of Thieves will round us out today on this episode. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to get started. All right, let's jump in. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about today is Rad Rogers, which is um, a game that's available, I think, for all platforms at this point, um, PC, uh, PS4, and Xbox. And it is, is it, a... Is it rad? It's pretty rad. It's a, <laughs> it's um, essentially a throwback um, 2D um, platforming game, but like in the style of Apogee games. So it's not like, okay. it's not like a whimsical puzzle platformer. This is, um, this is like, you know commander keen like that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's 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 like it's weird because it's super challenging but like not in the way that modern games are like hardcore challenging this game is just it's just hard you know like um yeah yeah there's like it's like the way games used to be made where it's like you have limited hit points and limited retries right and so like there is a game over screen at which point you like lose some of your progress on a level have to go back and start again right but um mm. but it's actually made by um some apogee uh veterans and um they made a game called rise of the triad back in the day so they're like so for for our listeners who might not be um born in the 70s yeah. can you explain what apogee games are yeah they were like a big they made a bunch of pc games like back in the uh, i think it was like in the 80s and 90s and they were um it's kind of like part of that same lineages lineage with like 3d realms and so um we're talking about like all the games in like classic pc games like uh commander keen um duke nukem um anything that came out around that time like this was kind of like the lineage of of where this game came from right Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's very tongue-in-cheek and sort of self-referential like there's a lot of humor in the game basically like this kid um is playing like an 80s style video game console he gets sucked into his television and then his um video game console comes to life and kind of rides on his back and helps you to you know defeat the enemies yeah and i had to did i had to do some digging because the voice of the game console sounds a lot like lewis black and i was like oh that's kind of weird um, like a salty kind of character, but it turns out that it was the original voice actor for Duke Nukem is the voice. Oh, of. No way. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So it's super crazy. It's like this kid and like, you know, the Duke Nukem dude like on his back and they're just, it's like a run and gun 2d platforming, like super challenging kind of game. Um, it's crazy because, uh, 
the only thing that like I get a little hung up on is that the the progress in each of the levels is not cumulative. So basically okay. like if the level has like 250 gems to collect and you end the level with 249, you can't like restart the level and go grab that one. You have to play the level over again. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, you know, so it is like it is like super kind of brutal in that sense of like like that's how games were made back in the day. You know, like they were just challenging because that's how they were made, you know, not because it's not like a hardcore game, like a super meat boy or a Celeste or something where it's like meant to be like punishing. Mm. Um, but it's just kind of like it, it kind of tests your skill in a different way. Test your patience. So just some, some basic like grandpa questions about the game. Like <laughs> yeah. what, what does your avatar um, kind of look like? Like what's the main character and yeah. what's the general premise of the, the whole game? It's like, I mean, it's like, again, like uh, super retro, right? It's like, it's this like little kid, like a little blonde boy. Uh, he's got like a, a console that has come to life strapped to his back. He's carrying like a gun that he can use to blast away other enemies. Um, and the, the game is, um, I think it was, re- it came out on PC first as rad Rogers. And then when it came out on console, there were some like improvements made to the game. And then the PC version of the game got updated to be called like rad Rogers in world one. And so this game is world one, which is jungle world, you know, which is like, that's how games were made back in the day. It was like, this is jungle world. This is snow world. This is lava world. Um, so basically there's, you know, like I think about 10 to 15 levels of jungle world, which are all like super long and very challenging. You know, each level, if you're trying to collect everything takes about, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to progress through. Like if you're really trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a pretty deep and complex game and it's got like traditional like old school things like walls that you can walk through to find hidden passages and you know uh uh tricky platforming sequences and uh, stuff like that too so it's um yeah it's just like it's really interesting for a game like that to come out now it does it's not like it's it's like a retro game but with like an updated art style so it does have a you know like 3d art with um you know like a two and a half d kind of perspective even though it's a 2d game so Mm -hmm. it does look like a modern game but you know all the gameplay all the rules of the game are very much like set in the style of the way platformers were made like in the 90s which is really cool and i think like if you're looking for like a piece of nostalgia or you're just like a you know a platforming fan like myself Mm -hmm. that's like really looking for a challenge um you know a challenge that's different than quote unquote like hardcore games today um i would say that uh rad rogers would be up your alley and the game is beautiful i mean it's like it's amazing to look at and uh super fun to play and it's available everywhere now so um i would certainly recommend it to to someone that's looking for like a kind of like a fun run and gun like if you're that's cool i mean it's it's interesting because it's hard for me like as as you know i'm not like a huge fan of of platformers and such just because i'm not very good at them so i I tend to not not play them all that much gotcha and uh getting ready for packs i cannot tell you how many emails i'm getting for platformers it's like every third game so hearing about one that really stands out it's it's good it's good to see that there's you know unique innovative stuff coming out and not to say that the emails i'm getting aren't for unique and innovative platformers but it's you know it's a genre that's been around since the very beginning (laughs) pretty much yeah i think the pitfall (laughs) i think i think and again what i think makes this game interesting is that like these are not people who you know grew up with games and then decided like hey we're gonna um we're gonna make a game that was like those games like these people made games like those games right and they're just like we're making another game (laughs) you know like so i think the developer is called slipgate studios but like if you know you can trace their roots back like to you know to like again rise of the triad was one of the games that they made back in the day so um uh, and they, you know, they, they describe themselves as a longtime partner of 3d realms who made the Duke Nukem series. Right. So there's definitely Very that, cool. that pedigree there, which is super interesting as well. So if you're looking for a little piece of gaming history and like something that, you know, by itself is a pretty solid game, I would recommend rad Rogers to you for, uh, certainly for platforming fans as well. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. A winner. Um, so my quick story before I start talking about Hero Hunters is uh, I went up to Baltimore for work a couple weeks back at this point, probably three weeks back, and I got hit by some crazy nor'easter. And there's another nor'easter happening right now on the East Coast. Dude, there's been like four of them or something. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm supposed to go up next week again, and I'm just kind of praying that I don't get stuck. But um, 
so I was stuck in a hotel for like three or four days and all I had with me was my, my iPad. Uh, and normally like that's, you know, watch Netflix, whatever you could be in much worse places. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, I was really jonesing to, to play some games. And so I started kind of doing some digging, um, for some genres of games that I hadn't been playing on, uh, for iOS. And uh, I came across this game called hero hunters and I don't know exactly when this game was released. I know I had seen ads for it pop up in various social media feeds. And so it's, you know, it's, it's doing well. It's, you know, well advertised. It's got good reviews, but hero hunters is something pretty unique and cool for iOS. It's actually, um, it's a cover based shooter that, uh, uses uh, a variety of different heroes that you can actually go through a, a pretty massive campaign with. So you build a team of, uh, of various heroes, all with different abilities and the mechanics are, are pretty awesome. Like your characters take cover on their own mm-hmm. and, um, you control one of, uh, I want to say you're on a team of six and you control one of them and you can switch between your heroes at any time. Uh, and you control the reticle where you aim and fire. And you also control your characters or your heroes' special abilities. And there's something like 40 or 50 different heroes to unlock. Um, and they all have different powers and stuff. Like there's a sniper that heals. And there's like a guy with a chainsaw that like leaps over enemy cover and hits him with a chainsaw. And there's you know guys with crossbows that shoot like acid and stuff. So there's a whole, you know, huge variety of like heroes to collect and, and uh, bring into this firefight with you. Um, kind of the crazy stuff that they did is on top of just the... the big campaign where you're essentially fighting like waves of different enemy types. Um, there's also like a, a live like PVP. So you can actually bring your squad against other players in real time and actually face off. That's crazy, um, man. It's crazy. Like what is possible on, on a, you know, an iPad these days, right? Like it's, it's insane. insane. Right. And then they just, I mean, you've obviously saw the news, but PUBG and uh, Fortnite both yeah. have mobile ports that are, Exactly. actually getting reviewed very well but um the thing that really surprised me about hero hunters was um the level of depth like i i got i don't know i played for a day really before i had to uh, i ran out of energy because it's you know it's a mm-hmm. mobile free-to-play game so there's going to be an energy system where eventually you run out of turns and you have to wait for your energy to refill but i went a really long time before i, I ran out. i think i cleared like maybe 10 15 missions or something like that before i um before before I ran out of space, but it's, you know, it, the thing that I think it does really well is it, it scratches that shooting itch that you get that, and that, that feeling of like pulling off a good headshot in a, you know, in a, in a regular game, either on console or PC. Um, it kind of, ex, you know, scratches that exact same itch, but uh, for mobile. So you can actually, you know, you can aim and use precision and use all your abilities and kind of switch quickly between characters. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like, um, Overwatch meets Gears of War, but with like a lot less depth than those games because you're not in direct control of your characters. You can like kind of pop between different cover, Mm. but you can't like run around the entire map, you know? That's cool. I mean, Uh, it looks, it looks amazing. It's got like a very vibrant art style, like, you know, like a Overwatch or a Fortnite as well. Um, And it's like, how, how do the controls work for a game like this? Like, you know, with the touch interface, obviously. Well, it's interesting. Like, like I said, you can switch between your characters anytime. So you, you know, you build them, you kind of gear them up. Um, and once you actually get into the map, your characters will take cover behind something on their own. And then you can direct them through the map by hopping between different pieces of cover. So, um, the thing that's really smart is that the AI is actually very good for, for your companions. Mm -hmm. So, um, for instance, if you have like a couple snipers on your team, they'll automatically start at like a higher vantage point. And so you can kind of move them uh, between different pieces of, di- between different pieces of cover up high and snipe with them if you want to, or just have the AI do it for you. Um, and then also you have direct control over everybody's abilities if you want to. So uh, like I said, each character has different abilities that they can unlock. Like one of the guys you start out with starts out with like a grenade launcher and like a rocket pack on his back that shoots missiles at everybody. Um, it's just a, it's a fun, you know, sort of insane shooting experience on a mobile. I, I don't know how it would play on like an like an iPhone, but mm-hmm. for for the iPad, I th- I feel like it's uh, it, it works very well. Um, it's got a lot of legs. Like it, you know, you, you can play for a long time without recharging energy and without buying anything. Um, I think I spent like three bucks or something on like a season pass that gives me like, you know 
a couple gold every day or something yeah, like that's you know, awesome. one, of the, one of those situations but yeah. it's cool like at this point um i still play not every day but like every couple days and i think i've unlocked like eight to ten characters um and uh yeah very enjoyable so the game is hero hunters it was made by a company called hothead games um if you're looking for a cover-based shooter a hero cover-based shooter for ios that actually functions well definitely check it out that's awesome and i mean the um even just looking at the artwork like the art really pops as well and all the characters look very interesting and different from one another too so like it seems like there's a lot of depth there just like you know it definitely passes the eye test yeah they got i mean there's a lot of cool variety they have like cyborgs and ninjas and uh you know giant guys with chainsaws and spies and you know just a whole weird collection of comic book style characters that you can play as um and it's free so why the heck not yeah why the heck not cool uh let's hop into another game that is uh running and shooting and poppy art style and stuff like that and that is the darwin project which is um i don't know if if anyone uh listening to our show kind of follows uh what's going on on mixer or attended pack south you probably were exposed to the darwin project um it is made by scavenger studio and it is i don't know i guess you you know your immediate segue into this game would be if you're like a, a battle royale player but i i don't know if this game would classify as a battle royale just because it's um you know, the, the matches are like, I think eight players, uh, in each game. But, um, the basic idea behind the Darwin project is that it kind of reminds me of if, if the hunger games were set in like, you know, the wilderness of Canada, like in the snow, uh, <laughs> basically like eight people get dropped into this arena, uh, and have to, you know, ultimately you need to be the last person standing by eliminating other players. So all that stuff is pretty like familiar to most people that play PUBG and Fortnite. Now, mm-hmm. the thing that makes this game a little different is that there is an additional player who is the director of the game. So the director can basically see where everybody is on the map at all times and shadow any player in the game. And then they get their own energy that sort of recharges over time. And they can use that to basically like close zones on the map or nuke places or provide Ooh, that's cool yeah provide a boost to, to you, know, you know a player like somewhere in the game or to drop like a you know like a um hard to get item for people to go and run to to like do you know if there's any sort of incentive for someone to play as as the director i i don't know but i think like the incentive is just being able to sort of control the action and i think where this game is going and you probably saw this at at PAX as well, or PAX South, if you're watching on Mixer, um, cause they did this at their booth. Um, basically like this game can be integrated with, um, Mixer's interactive functionality. So that, oh, that's cool. So that eventually the, the streaming audience would be able to vote on what to do next to be like, Oh, should we, should we close a zone or should we try to nuke this person because they're camping out or hiding or not, you know, engaging. Other and it's players? actually integrated right into the game so like the the results can kind of uh, yes. impact the game as it's happening god yes. it's brilliant yeah, exactly I love that. exactly so that's the whole idea that's kind of like the the secret sauce behind it so like at the basic level you know you could just play the game you know as is and then you know fight to survive and try to be the last person standing and the zones will close and everything like that um as time progresses but um when you add in the audience like you know if a player is you know, entertaining the audience, I guess, if you will, the audience might reward that person for, for playing hard. And if someone else is just kind of like hiding behind a tree and waiting for, you know, everyone else to pick each other off, like that person might get punished by the audience. And that's kind of what makes it interesting. Um, the other thing that's really cool about it is that you're able to select a, a set of abilities as you go into the game. And so there's kind of like three different things that you can do in the Darwin project in terms of your strategy. You can kind of go a combat route. You can go a route that's more focused on kind of stealth. And then you can also go a route that is um, more like a rogue route where you can build and set traps. for uh, people. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so as you, play this game you are you start out with like an axe and you need to take that axe and go chop down trees to gather wood you need to go like harvest um leather from like broken that sounds like a little bit like the culling you remember that game yeah yeah i do yeah exactly exactly There's a little bit of crafting in that too yeah so if you played the culling you would love this as well so um basically you can collect materials and then you can use that to upgrade your your skill tree in the game you know, using the abilities that you've selected before you go into the game. 
And then um, hopefully as you're leveling up your character, you're sort of building a strategy around how you think you're going to be able to win this game. So, um, and something else that's kind of cool is that like, let's say you chop down a tree and you run away and then I go to that tree. I can actually kind of do like a recon action on that tree and find out where you are like so like there's a tracking Ah. there's a tracking feature you know because it's a small smart small set of players they provide a way to kind of reveal your position and also like obscure your position so it's kind of like you know like a rock paper scissors kind of thing that i find so interesting about this this boom in these type of games is that we're sort of at the very beginning of what they can be yes um and i think what they can be is just something like like really truly fantastic like for me personally there hasn't been one that's been like truly truly fantastic that's just mm-hmm. my personal taste but i think eventually we're going to get one yeah and it's going to just be it's going to be absolutely insane yeah i um, remember i remember like maybe a year or two ago we went to um i think it was pax east and we went to the mega booth and there was a game at the mega booth that was like a gauntlet style game where like they were trying to explain it to me and they were like yeah so like we're basically gonna have like this person who acts as the as the game show host and remember their booth had like someone behind the curtain like shouting at people and like kind of quipping you know with people as they walked by to the i booth. vaguely remember this yeah. yeah and at the time i was like i was like this will never work you know i was like this is too you know this you know this requires too much you know fan participation like i don't even see how this could get off the ground and then you know of course a few years later you know PUBG and fortnite come out and it's like it's the only thing right like it's the only thing in games that anyone's talking about so it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. to see um you know a game ahead of its time and now we're kind of like in the in the sort of meteoric rise of the you know online kind of competitive uh you know survival game if you will so i i agree it's it's a very fascinating time and i think i think this game does a really good job of differentiating itself from from PUBG and Fortnite, which use like massive audiences to kind of provide like a uh, kind of more intimate experience of like hunting and tracking, you know, not just like who's got the best aim because basically the only weapon you can craft in the game is um, like arrows to like use bow and arrow shot. um, It's hard to shoot somebody with an arrow and the arrows can actually, if you're good enough, the arrows can be deflected with your melee weapon. So really a lot of the fights boil down to like face to face melee combat, which is kind of like, it gets really Mm. tense, you know, when everything is cool, everything's kind of popping off like um, at those moments when two players encounter one another. So it's very fascinating. So um, it's called Darwin project. Um, I think, right now they're running the game with like kind of like you can play as director just by hopping on the server but i think they're running like kind of uh i don't know events that are regularly scheduled on mixer where the community will participate in the session so uh right now the game is in i believe it's in like early access or preview or whatever it's called but um i i do believe it's available on xbox and pc at this time very cool yeah Um, another good one yeah, it's a diff- definitely a different game, and it's something super fascinating for fans of the uh, the battle royale genre. Cool. Um, this next is another mobile game, and uh, somebody actually recommended this to me. I can't remember who it was, so I forgive me if you recommended this to me online. I know before I flew out for my last trip, I asked people for their iOS recommendations, and somebody sent me this. Um, game's called crown takers and it's by a studio called bulwark which i think is a small studio um it's a european studio and uh, crown takers is a turn-based strategy game um first of all i'll I'll preface this by saying i absolutely love 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 this game uh for a couple reasons one you don't need any sort of wi-fi connection at all to play it once you download it and you have it on your device you can play it on a plane in a subway uh in a ditch someplace it doesn't matter (laughs) ditch it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's a turn-based strategy game it's a roguelike turn-based strategy uh some of your stats do carry over if you do an easy game if you do a normal game none of your stats or levels carry over and it's crazy crazy hard well i'll tell you what Um, i i did not recommend this game to you because anytime i see hexagons i become instantly intimidated uh, well, it's yeah. not. See, the thing that's great about Crown Takers is um, each uh, unit that you have under your command only has like a handful of abilities, so there's not a ton, a ton of different units to learn. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, 
you you play as a main character who's a roguish type character um each one of the maps is sort of randomly generated and you go on this choose your own adventure where as you progress through the map you have a variety of different choices to make like do you go in this building do you rest like do you uh fight this group of guys do you bribe them uh so it's a lot like playing D sort of um by yourself which is just kind of wonderful right mm-hmm. so yeah. you know you have this sort of D adventure and along the way you encounter different mercenaries and uh, the mercenaries if you complete their personal quests they'll join um they'll join up and you can use them in later games and so there's a variety of different mercenaries like tanks and archers and bards and um rogues and all sorts of really fun character classes that you can use and they um of course level up as well and they get all sorts of cool stuff uh and the thing that's great about it is once you unlock them you can use them in the future so anytime you find like a bar you can hire them like whenever you want so but you can only hire one at a time like as you progress through through the different maps okay Mm -hmm. so um at this point you got to kind of think of it like a little bit like FTL. Like there's a there's an end game where you're oh. trying to get to the very end and like rescue rescue this person or kill this person it's at like the end. You need like the perfect storm of things to happen for you to yes. like achieve that goal. Uh, right. And I have not done it. I've probably played it because I told you I was stranded in a snowstorm. I probably played it well over ten hours, um, and I still did not beat it. I got very very far, damn, uh, and did not beat it. And I'm talking about beating it on easy. Yeah, and that's so, just like uh, FTL. It's like impossible yeah, to complete it. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I've unlocked um, 10 of the 11 heroes. I believe there's 11 heroes. So I have 10 of the 11 heroes unlocked. Um, and they're all super cool. You can do some really great combos. And if you're, if you're used to uh, real-time, or, or sorry, turn-based strategy at all, you'll absolutely love it. Uh, art style is great. It's almost like a very hand-drawn, watercolor-esque style. Um, mm-hmm. Combat's fast. Uh, I would say each map, once you get into an encounter with enemies, takes between maybe three to five minutes. Um give or take uh some some of the earlier ones are a little bit shorter but you know three to five minutes but yeah very tactical very cool like you, you definitely have a sense of um you, you have these really cool cathartic moments when you get like critical hits on big enemies and uh you know seeing your characters all work together is very very cool so uh it's called crown takers uh, it is by, of course, Bulwark Studios. And if you are looking for a mobile turn-based strategy game, this one is not free to play. It's a, um, I think it's like four ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Definitely, maybe four ninety-nine. Definitely, definitely worth it though. Even if it is, if it's ten ninety-nine, I'd say pick it up because I think it's worth it. Um, it's a, it's a really solid, real, real game that I think uh, is is great, and especially since you can play it literally anywhere with no Wi-Fi. So. That's awesome. I um just looking at the art and what you described about the game, I feel like, you know, if anyone was a fan of like Banner Saga, like this would be a game for them. Is that Yeah, really it's accurate? very Banner Saga. It's very Banner Saga. It's very um I would say, you know, XCOM, but also with like a like a D&D campaign kind of slapped underneath it. So, you know, as you progress through the overworld map, you have a variety of different choices that you can make along the way that kind of can either really help you out and speed speed up your journey to get to the end or screw you up really bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, totally makes yeah. sense. That's yeah. super fascinating. It's always good, like especially in the mobile space. I know we've said this before. It's always good when you find a game that you can play um you know, without the Wi-Fi connection, you know, uh, because it's not always practical to have one. And it's good to have a mix of like both, I think, like games that are kind of like live games and then games that kind of just exist on their own. Yeah, yeah there's definitely there's you know, not too many. Uh, I have them all stacked on my iPad because I always end up getting stuck without Wi-Fi for some reason. But um, yeah, it, it's hard these days to find games that require zero Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, once you find them, it's like, oh, OK, here's a good it's a good playing game. It's like if we look at your iPad, like they're not grouped into like business and productivity. It's like requires Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi at all. You know, like perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, this is Alan Tudyk, and you're listening to the Rated N.A. Podcast, also known as the NAH, nerdappropriate.com. 
tell me a little bit about this Assassin's Creed. Dude, uh, I mean, anyone that's listened to our show for a long time knows that I'm an Assassin's Creed, like, super fan. I've played all the games, um, you know, pretty much to completion, and, and I'm actually getting ready to go back and play some of the old ones again. So, like, believe me when I tell you that what's going on in Assassin's Creed Origins, what they've been doing with the DLC is, like, super awesome. Oh, really? Um, okay. So, like the you know basically the um season pass arc for this game was very similar to like other games where it's kind of like you know you get a bunch of goodies there's and then there's like two you know pieces of like dlc content you know as far as like narrative or gameplay content goes um in the past um usually like one of those pieces of content has been like so so like a mission pack and then the other one is like something kind of like very far afield of the normal game so like you know when they did the jack the ripper stuff for the um for the syndicate uh assassin's creed like that was very like off the rails and kind of crazy right but then the the other piece of dlc was just kind of like a extra mission thread which was not super awesome but in this case um i played the first uh dlc pack which i can't remember the name of but um i played that and i was like oh this is the good one right and I was like, so the maybe the second one is not going to be as good. But the second one, which just came out like last week, was called Curse of the Pharaohs. And it is awesome, man. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much of it, but basically it takes Bayek. Um, I heard that it, I heard that this one's like totally crazy. Like dude. Some, someone wrote an article about it and I started reading it and I was like, oh, it's kind of spoilery. So I stopped reading it. But it was saying like, it's just kind of um, like it's Assassin's Creed just kind of s- stopped caring about its own rules and just was like let's just make it really fun (laughs) yeah i mean um like so the thing that you know i was going to mention this anyways but the thing that is striking to me about this game like kind of like it in the scope of the whole franchise is that it didn't do a lot of like really crazy fourth wall stuff right there weren't like um you know gigantic animus rifts that took you to other points in time or like introduced you to you know other characters in the animus or something so i was kind of like it's very kind of like safe in that aspect of just kind of like you're in egypt and that's kind of what you're doing right Mm -hmm. but they decided to go in a different direction with curse of the pharaohs because what they do is that it takes bayek to another uh, region that's not part of the normal map and first of all the the map in the damn game is like enormous right so then they add two new maps for the dlc and the game becomes like three times as big holy um, crap really it's like i mean those maps aren't that large but you know what i'm saying it's like it adds you know an uh, extra they're pretty i mean they're pretty big <laughs> it adds like an extra 25 to 50 percent on top of the the regular map which is significant Jeez, right so it's, yeah. so now you've got this ginormous game curse of the pharaohs takes Bayak to this new region he gets wind of this like um, you know, there, apparently there's like another apple of Eden floating around somewhere and he's going to track it down. Right. Cause I think somewhere in the lore, they decided that there was going to be multiple orbs, you know, Okay. which is like, whatever. I don't understand that part exactly. But anyways, he's, he's on the trail and they don't call it apple of Eden because I think that wouldn't, I don't, that's probably not really relevant to the time frame. but he knows there's an orb and he knows that it's like bad. Right. So he's going to go chase it down. Um, but anyways, they, he kind of gets twisted up in this, uh, you know, environment that he's in this narrative that he's in. And he starts trying to, uh, help these, like kind of like these dead Pharaohs, like go to rest or whatever, you know, help them rest their spirits or whatever. So kind of the, the twist and the thing I don't want to give too much away of is that he ends up going into sort of the afterlife, but it's like the afterlife as imagined by like Egyptian mythology right oh man so not only are you doing stuff on this new map but there are points in the game in which you transition into this like afterlife map which is like a dream world a dream world that is populated by you know things from egyptian legend so it's like instead of um like what's like what's uh something on the main like instead of alligators for example uh in the main game like you'll be fighting gigantic scorpions right and um, I don't want to like say too much about it because it's like, it's almost like there's a couple of them and everyone is like a dream sequence that you're in, but it's yeah. like a, a fully playable, like mini map that you can explore. And there's like a mission thread to complete to like help these people, you know, kind of like pass on or whatever, you know, put these Pharaohs like spirits to rest or something. And it's just like, it's really crazy. And it, as far as the gameplay goes, it delivers something that I've always wanted in previous Assassin's Creed games, which is like, 
actual combat with bosses, right? So like, I love that. You know, when you actually get to use your abilities, yes. and there's not some gimmicky crap like yes. a giant crossbow strapped to like a roof or something. Right, right. And so like this game certainly, I mean, Assassin's Creed has that with some of the um, animus glitches with um, like the Anubis battles and stuff like that. But like this game actually has bosses that you can fight with the abilities and the weapons that you've had and have like built up throughout the entire like you know 80 to 100 hours you've played this game, and you can just really fight bosses like the way you want to right and i think that that's such a smart move in developing like this game and putting the dlc together and it really offers a challenge to even people that have leveled their characters all the way up to the top um and really gives people something to do like as far as end game content goes i think it's incredible and um because the environments are so fresh and there's so much to look at it's just like it really kind of blew me away to see it so um and i you know obviously not people don't always buy season pass content but like this stuff was really good. And um, just sort of like on a global note, um, Assassin's Creed Origin also released the uh, Discovery Tour to everybody, I think, which was like a free update. Ah, uh, yes. That That is incredible too. Like, um, it's literally like you're in a museum. Um, you, you know, you walk around the environment. There's no combat. You can, uh, you can like kind of watch what people are doing as they're living their daily lives there's like full narration so you're like doing a museum walking tour and then they the so brilliant developers um basically like talk to these like historians and egyptologists and got all this like imagery that you can look at as well so like they'll tell you about like mummification but then there's actually like photos of actual you know mummification tools and like things that have been excavated that like you can then go look at and go like oh that's what it actually looks like right and that's what it looks like in game um and then they also do some museum pieces that like um are historical in nature but also ones that are like a look behind the scenes of the development so they'll go like they'll go like the designers didn't exactly know what this looked like but they reference this material and this is why you know this piece of the environment looks the way it does in the game because they use this as the source right so you get like some insight into how they decided to like build the life of the egyptians like in this game so um, so smart the whole game is just like a total knock out of the park for me and very refreshing i think to people that were maybe getting tired with um you know with the the path that the, the franchise was going down so it's really it really was like a total not a 100% reboot because it's still Assassin's Creed, right? But I think they fixed a lot of the things that people were upset about in the past. And um, if anyone... Well, I mean, they, they took a you know, year plus off, <clears throat> which I think was a really smart idea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this like this Curse of the Pharaohs DLC is just super killer. And I, I really hope that people can take the time to kind of like level up high enough to get into it. I don't know if they've provided like sort of an entry point where it's like... You know, like I, I feel like I read something where they're like, if you don't have a character at level forty-five, they can somehow start you, like off to be able to play it. I don't know. It, you'd have to look into it, but uh, try not to miss out on it if you're an Assassin's Creed fan because it's super, super cool. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that that's uh, that is good. Did our our pal Ceci Jones have anything to do that? I saw she was tweeting oh, about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, there's a a trailer that she um provided some of the narration for in the trailer, and I believe she's one of the characters. But the reason why I'm not sure is because I didn't even normally we're good at this. I wasn't even able to pick out her voice in the trailer. And then I saw a tweet from her and I was like, holy shit. I went and watched the trailer again and I was like, holy crap, that's her dude. And that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about some sea of thieves. Yes. Do you this wanna... is a hard, this is a hard game to talk about. I have a couple, a couple things, I guess I want to start things off um, with, with sea of thieves. So I, I guess I could say I, I played the alpha uh, I did not play the beta, so I played an early, early version, and I played the version that it's the live version out now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't feel like a ton has changed since back then. A lot has changed, but I wouldn't say like it's a completely different game from the alpha. That's that's not the case at all. Um, that being said, uh, I played with you uh, on launch day. Mm-hmm. We had uh, a couple little connectivity issues then things were smooth sailing yeah, so the servers were uh, full no pun intended yeah yeah they were yeah. full um no you said smooth but, sailing 
Ah, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah uh-huh. very good. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, but the the experience with you, I think, was it was a, a really positive one. We we got in a little, uh, well, like a two or three person boat and mm-hmm. went on a couple quests to find some chests and ended up getting um, into some hijinks. Basically, we got hunted by another pirate for like a good half an hour. It's ridiculous. This guy uh, was after the same treasure as us, or just wanted to kill us or something, and kept harassing us, importing our ship. And at one point, he rammed us with his boat and then jumped off his boat onto our boat. And it was super fun. Like, you know, thinking about how far technology has come um, to be in this you know, open world with all these different islands and commanding your boat and having such control over like the sails and the anchors and just like how technical the sailing process is. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it made me think, well, well, who the, like who the fuck is this game really for? Because like no teenager is going to like think that's cool. Like no offense to teenagers, but that there's too much, to really, I mean, this is going to sound offensive. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm going to say, like, for people with a low attention span, um, regardless of your age, uh, people with low attention span, there's a lot to do to get that boat to get from point A to point B. Yes. With with no, like, HUD, no, like, waypoints, none of that stuff. So the, there's sort of a really... Um, high barrier to entry, I think, with this game that I think is 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 kind of scary and and cool at the same time. So, what are your like? What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, so I've seen, I don't know, like I've I've looked at some of the you know the the user reviews on Metacritic, and I think like it's it's not like it's basically like a U shape, right? So that means that people either really love this game or they really dislike this game. And I think some of it is expectation management, you know, so um, I agree with you that I think this game is sort of so novel that, um, you know, for some, it is difficult to figure out like what the game is, you know, so you bring your expectations into this game and maybe you think like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, some kind of like quest line or narrative experience and that's going to be the game but it's going to be like in an open world environment or you know i saw somebody playing on uh, mixer the other day and they're you know it was the first time they were playing and they they pulled up their pistol and tried to shoot at a skeleton and they were like oh i'm going to need to get some better guns and then someone else in their party was like uh that's not going to happen <laughs> you know it's like not that <laughs> not that kind of game right so basically like all the tools that you have that you start the game with are the tools that you have in the game. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's almost as if, I don't know, to me, it feels like as adults, we are doing the thing that like we did as children where we like look at each other and we go, we're pirates. And it's like, okay, what do you want to do? It's, you know, it's, it's almost like someone described it in a review as like, it's basically like a pen and paper RPG where you can just like make up the story as you go um, you're thrown into a world with these tools and the game just kind of says, go. And you're like, what go, go do what? And they're like, go, just go figure it out. Go do what you want. You know? Yeah. There's literally no handholding at all in the game. Like, and that's why for me, I was both like, uh, I would say happy by that. And also kind of taken aback. I was like, Oh, like they're not going to tell me to literally like you're so used to when you get into a game that the, like the first time user experience guides you through the systems and, and teaches you, um, you know, what there is to do in the game and what you can and can't do. This game literally has none of it. They just drop you on a dock and they're like, all right, there you go. Like figure it out. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, refreshing and, and, and also weird because there was a lot that I just like, I had to hop on Google and, and read about like, well, how do I do a quest? Like, mm-hmm. cause there's no quest markers really. Like, yeah, it's definitely, like, let, 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 let's explain that because this is like for someone that has grown up with quest markers and grown up with the exclamation point in mm-hmm. world of Warcraft where you go get the quest. Let's explain to our listeners what getting a quest is like in this game. Oh, sure. So like, um, basically there's three guilds that you can work for. Um, one is treasure hunting. One is, um, uh, like 
killing skeletons basically it's like a combat oriented guild and then there's a, a merchant guild which is focused on trading so basically you will um, get cages go to islands to find animals and then take those animals and deliver those animals to another location right so you're kind of like a merchant uh, in that sense but basically like um, you know on the very kind of basic gameplay loop you'll go and collect a, a quest for a treasure hunt um, but that doesn't start the quest. You have to take the quest to your ship, put it on the mission table, have your crew vote for that quest, and then it will drop a map into your inventory that has a picture of the island with an X on it. But it doesn't put a marker. You know, you basically need to take your treasure map and reconcile it with the map on your map table on your ship and find the map find the island that matches the one on your map and by by find we mean like look, look at, at the map what, look at the map yeah <laughs> and uh, literally look at the huge world map and be like where is this island mm -hmm. the shape of this island on this giant map so you're right. scrolling around like trying to match the shape and like last night or whenever <laughs> night we were playing i'm like let's find the one that looks like a chicken leg or something yes. so we're like both staring at our screens like that one's kind of like a chicken leg i don't know it i mean that I, i've never had to do that in a game before but it's honestly the most realistic like that's that those would be the tools that we had. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and so like, yes, yeah, so, yeah, it's very interesting. So like the Island would be, let's say it's to your Northeast, right? And you're like, no problem. You circle it. You can circle it on the map table, but then you go upstairs and you take the wheel and you put the sails down and point them in the right direction. And the ship starts moving and good luck because you know, you can't see the Island on the horizon. You have to sail to it. And sometimes your boat drifts off course, just like it normally, you know, would I'm assuming if you were a pirate and you really have to like use your compass, um, you know, go back and double check your map or have, you know, your crewmate go and check your map and tell you to like, you know, Hey, turn back to the East or go North, Northeast or whatever. Um, you have to stop at the Island and then even try to figure out where the treasure is buried because the only thing that you have is the X on your map and there's no indication on the Island where the treasure is. So you really just have to find it, you know? Uh, so like, that's kind of like what the game is all about. It's, 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 it challenges you to, you know, not rely on, you know, game hints, I guess, or game help or game assist, I guess, assistance is probably the better word. Um, but the thing that I'll add, and I don't know that everyone kind of realizes this, is that the game is not a roguelike as far as I can tell. So like, if you, you, you are basically building your, you're not getting better. Your character is not leveling up. Like you, the player are improving in your skill and your ability to play this game because um you know just after a couple of nights like i know what shark tooth island looks like for example you know like i can pull up the map and go like oh i've been to this island before it's this island you know and mm -hmm. so like as you learn about the map and what everything looks like you'll really start to get a sense of you you are a pirate living in this world and so i would think that when you get around to those merchant quests uh, you'll basically go like, oh, it tells me I need to get a red chicken. I know where those are because I've I've seen them on this island before. And I would assume that if you go back there, they'll still be there, you know? Right, right. Um, and that's kind of what makes it interesting is that you're like, you're it's super make-believe and you're pretending the game doesn't really get in your way. It just kind of lets you, you and your people on your server do whatever you think is the right thing to do, you know? Right. And uh, I think for some people, you know, like, and that's polarizing, right? So either people are super stoked on it and they enjoy the freedom of, of exploring and kind of like learning things. And then for other people, it's just like, hey, I don't see where the content is or like, I don't. Well, know. I mean, I, I think there's some, there's some truth to that complaint, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That being said, like, if you look at just like the raw statistics of like what the game is currently, I think there's two different ship types right am yes. i wrong no that's correct there's two, there's two different ship types there's one enemy type skeletons yeah skeletons and sharks and well i guess yeah i guess <laughs> yeah, sharks skeletons yeah. sharks and then you have other players so right. there's we're not talking about a, a, a massively populated world with like mm -hmm. a lot of variety which i think would have been wonderful if there was like different things on different islands i mean imagine going to an island and there being like you know an angry an angry gorilla or <laughs> if they're going you know magical and mystical which this game is it's very like pirates of the caribbean um davy jones type type you know world mm -hmm. Um, they did kind of tease this idea that there are secret things for you to discover. 
um, within the game. For instance, like something that I do know is that like if you see um, like a flock of seagulls like flying above a spot on the water, that that will likely mean that there's a shipwreck under the water that you can go explore. Um, but a lot of that stuff is meant for the player to kind of figure out on their own. Um, and like you said, as far as like the raw content goes, like, um, you know, the only thing to keep in mind is like, this is the first week of the game's launch, right? So um, right. if you imagine that we're kind of moving into this world where a lot of these games are service-based, um, you know, I could see a situation in which this, you know, the the content piece expands over time based on player feedback, right? Um, I don't really know what form or shape that may take but it's like you you know it's not like rare just release the game and then you know went on lunch break or something like i'm sure they're all closely monitoring what is going on right now no i i uh, completely agree with what you just said um i honestly feel like this as a platform for like pirate adventures is it's like i honestly think it's brilliant i think there's so much that can be done with it i don't even like if they just like right now it's i mean like i kind of feel it's a little bit bare bones like i played with you Mm -hmm. um and i played by myself for a little while and i had an infinitely better time playing with you because it is the type of game that you have to communicate in order to accomplish stuff and you know raise the sails and lower the anchor and navigate like you can't do it all alone it's super hard to do it you can't Yeah. yeah you can but you have to like literally anchor your ship run below be like okay i have to go north then run back up you know and unanchor the ship so it's it's very challenging um but that being said i I feel like um as a platform for further pirate adventures i think it's a really great one and i think there's a, a there's a lot that i think this game is going to accomplish eventually yeah um my my hope for this game and kind of like in the same vein is that what we will see in the near term is players figuring out how to do silly things in the game and like sharing that with the community you know like i feel like someone's going to discover something whether it was intended by the you know developers or not and then that will kind of you know this game will kind of build up its own social rules is what i think and this game will kind of build up its own people will discover their own strategies for how to deal with certain situations in the game um i was talking to someone about it today they were like you know i was sailing today and and we had like five treasure chests on our ship and we were like as we were pulling up to the shore i was like holy shit what are we gonna do if we get to shore and there's another ship there or another person there and so we really had a conversation about like what we would actually do um you know it's like you stay on the boat or you come with me or let's just grab two and run or like you know if i was like if somebody comes maybe we'll just toss all the treasure overboard so they don't see it you know and then just dive into the water and get it you know yeah i mean that's the thing like it it reminds me and uh, if you've been listening to the show for a long time uh i used to play this game called ultima online in the 1990s where there was uh, a lot of theft that could happen like in in the mmo world like Mm -hmm. you could be like outside the bank with your house key and someone could pick your pocket and then run to your house and rob your house (laughs) and it was terrifying because like you wouldn't those items weren't insured and like there was no way you'd ever get it back it was like like legit robbery yes Uh, there's a little bit of that in sea of thieves where you know you can go on this quest that takes you a really long time and like we talked about in our intro um a guy can run up and ram your boat and jump on board and steal your treasure chest and run away um that is something you don't see in games too much anymore yeah it's Uh, scary it's scary but i also think it's it's like welcome you know because i mean you are a pirate that is sort of the the thrill of the game if you're role-playing you know right um there's certain there's certainly difference between like um harassing or griefing another player versus like role-playing and just going like yar i'm a pirate i'm gonna try to kill you and take your treasure right um and the and the there are tools built into the game one of them i just discovered today was um that will help combat some of that like obviously there's a mechanic where if you have a player on your own team that's not being productive you can put them in the brig and basically lock them below deck until you decide what to do with them or they decide to leave Um, something else i learned you can do is that you can scuttle your ship there's an option in the menu to scuttle your ship and if you do that it'll basically respawn you in a place that's far away from where the person was harassing you so you'll be separated from that person for a time if you don't want to see them anymore oh, okay but that's um, but yeah i mean as far as like the role-playing aspect goes it's like 
you know, someone told me a strategy today. They're like, yeah, we had two treasure chests and someone was chasing us. So we just ran the ship aground and jumped off and then left the ship, you know, like let it sink uh, just so we could sell these chests and not get them stolen. Right. And so like, that's, that's the kind of, I, I hope that's the fun that will come out of this game as people kind of like discover strategies and figure out what to do. And of course this game will, you know, be tailored over time because it's a, you know, like a persistent online game. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic um, to see well, what they decide uh, the thing to do. That, the thing that scares me is, um, you know, it's a very competitive space for online games right Absolutely. now. I mean, insanely competitive. So what happens, um, you know, in a month from now when there's there's new stuff and people are still playing, you know, your Overwatches, your PUBGs, your Fortnites, like, w- will there be enough to keep people coming back? Yeah, that's um, the question for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I hope so, because it is very innovative and, and actually, I think, really, really fun. But it's also a question of like, you know, will people continue to come back time after time? Because mm-hmm. right now, I don't, you know, like you said, there's no real progression. You can't get that better gun. You can get some cosmetic stuff. But if cosmetic stuff isn't your jam, then you're not going to you're not yeah. going to want to keep logging back in. You know, you're kind of building your own legend in this game through cosmetics and like titles and like leveling your own character but it doesn't necessarily lead to uh like a stronger character as far as i'm aware um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't know i'm I'm optimistic and the, and the thing that the other thing that comes to mind too is that like if you play this game and you encounter somebody else in the ocean you don't have to be their adversary either you know you could run up to someone and just be like hey we both have like you and another pirate crew could go tackle like a skeleton fort together as opposed to doing it separately. And then maybe like if all the treasure drops, when that's done, you could decide how you want to proceed at that point. But like, that's kind of the nature of the game, right? Like, you know, at one moment you guys are working together and then at another moment there's treasure on the ground and you fight over it. Right. And then like, that's the story that you tell your friends when you go to school the next day or when you go to work the next day is like, Oh, we were in this thing. We had this battle and then we fought over the treasure and we sunk their ship or whatever. Like that's, I mean, I, that's kind of like, I think yeah, that's, that's the, the whole, that's the, fun the secret of sauce. Secret sauce yeah. of the game. I mean, even when I just played with you that time, I kind of ended the evening, a, a big, a big ship pulled up to our uh, home base and all these guys were coming on and off on loading cargo and stuff. And I climbed up the little ladder and went and danced on their ship. Uh, and a bunch of them were just looking at me and, you know, mics were hot. So I'm sitting there just kind of, I was just yeah. saying, ahoy, ahoy over and over again. And they were like, ahoy. And I just jumped off and I was like, yeah. Oh, they didn't murder me. Right. Like right. there are some, some good pirates out there. So it's yeah. uh yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's a different sort of experience. It doesn't have to be as like nasty as what the division was, right? When you play that game and everyone's oh, just yeah. trying to murder you, right? Like you can actually be a role-playing character and just kind of make your own decisions and there's no like reason to murder somebody if you if, you know, if you don't want to do that. So, um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like obviously this is I'm sure something that we'll kind of look at as the game progresses on, but um you know, I think the concerns are valid. I think like the initial fun is valid and it's really just like a wait and see at this point. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I still look forward to playing it because I'm still kind of interested in leveling up and trying out all the different things there are to do and maybe trying to get a little deeper into the game to see what else, you know, there is to explore as you progress further. Yeah, I'm there with you, man. I, I, I want to check it out some more. But I mean, full disclosure, since you and I played, um, I haven't played again just because it's 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 a hard like I haven't wanted to group with strangers yet because mm-hmm. of stranger danger. And it's, um, you know, it's it, it's a hard game to play by yourself, which I think is you know sort of to its detriment. Right. Um, but we'll see. We'll see yeah. how it does. Cool. Well, uh, I think that that brings us to the end of our show today. It does. It brings yeah. us to the end. Yeah, that was a good um, one, man. We went through a lot of uh, a lot of games, game packed episodes. So you have no excuse. There's plenty of stuff to play. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 301 of the Rated NA podcast. We'll be back uh, very soon with 302, which is going to be a special episode. Um, we have all sorts of fun stuff coming up. Uh, Matt and I are going to PAX, PAX in, uh, yeah. in a little under two weeks, which is going to be super fun. Excited about that. And uh, just got word that I will be at MegaCon, and I think that is in May. So going to MegaCon for the 100th time, which Sweet. will be fun. That's awesome. Um, 
You guys can follow us on Twitter, and it's at Nerd Appropriate. You can go to our Facebook page, which is slash Nerd Appropriate on Facebook. You know what? Don't go there. Don't go to our <laughs> Facebook page. Just stay away from that. Yeah. Facebook, get out of my face. Yeah. We don't it should have. Be called, it should be called Get Out of My Facebook. Get Out of My Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad jokes. Um, oh, what good. else? What's our mixer? I uh, ask you every time. I think it were, our, we have a team, which is mixer.com slash rated NA. And then, you know, we would also have an account, I believe, under mixer.com slash nerd appropriate, if I'm not mistaken. Perfecto. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. If you have a direct question, you can email us. And that's uh, nerds at nerdappropriate.com. We read each and every email that we get. And uh, thank you guys for your patience. We are going to try and do these more regularly. Life is hard. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there, man. We'll do our best. All right. Have a good week. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Let's do it.